Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so glad you're joining with us here as we continue on preparing and getting ready for Christmas. Can you believe that Christmas is only a week away? I know like, likely for you, as it is for me, it almost seems like just the fall startup was just a few weeks ago, but here we are. And so before we jump into our sermon here today, kind of proper, I want to let you know about a few things that are happening. That first, obviously with Christmas coming and Christmas being a week away, we have our Christmas Eve services here at Bethany. And I want to invite you to not only join with us, but to really participate in these services together. That we have four different services that you can be a part of. On the 23rd, we have a service at 7. And on the 24th, we have services at 4, 5.30, and 7. And I hope to see you at one of those four services. Also, I want to let you know about what's happening then for kind of the rest of our kind of Christmas season services. That on Christmas Day, we have a special online service for you to be able to participate in. And it was going to be carols and music, and I'm going to be sharing. And yes, our theme of Christmas at the movies will be continuing. And I'm going to be sharing on my dad's favorite Christmas movie, which is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So that's going to be kind of the theme and the idea for that Christmas Day service. So we want to invite you to join with us online and to be able to participate in that. And it's going to be a special and kind of a unique service. And then also this year, it's a little bit different, New Year's Day also falls on a Sunday. And I know that New Year's Day is obviously, it's a little bit of an odd day for many of us. That most of us will likely be staying up later than we normally do the night before. Many of us will be in a different rhythm on New Year's Day. And also, I know for many of you, you gather with family and friends on New Year's Day. So for this year, we thought rather than fighting against that, let's lean into that and to do something a little bit different and a little bit unique. So on this New Year's Day service, we're going to have an online-only service, but it's going to be unique and it's going to be different. And I want to specifically invite and challenge you to gather together with friends and family and maybe even your home church on New Year's Day to actually participate in the service together, to actually gather over coffee and breakfast or maybe even brunch because any service that you can have with food is actually better. So we want to invite you actually to lean into this new year and to start it off in the right way with community, family, and friends and participating together in a service. That service is going to be actually a little bit unique and it's going to be participatory. You're going to be stopping the service at different points to actually answer some questions, to discuss together, and to pray together. So whether you're gathering with family, with friends, with your kids, or with your home church, we want to uh, make you aware of that and invite you to really prepare for that Sunday and to actually join with us online in a unique way. So with that, today I want to join into our actual service for here today. And today I want to continue on in this theme of Christmas at the movies. And I want to show you one of the single best clips of all time of my kids' favorite Christmas movie. I want to take a look a little bit at Home Alone, which has to be in the top five Christmas movies of all time. So we're going to watch that clip and then we're going to continue on. What's the matter? Honey? I have a terrible feeling. About what? That we didn't do something. Ah, now you feel that way because we left in such a hurry. We took care of everything. Believe me, we did. Did I turn off the coffee? No. I did. Did you lock up? Yeah. Did you close the garage? That's it. I forgot to close the garage, that's it. No, that's not it. What else could we be forgetting? Kevin! Is that clip not amazing, right? 
And I shared with you this clip because I actually think what happens to Kate, where she kind of forgets Kevin at home, I actually think that this is something that is very possible to happen at Christmas. And no, I'm not talking about you necessarily leaving your kids at home while you go on a vacation. I'm just talking about that when Christmas gets going, when things get busy, when things get stressful, we have a tendency to actually forget important things. That I think under the busyness of Christmas, sometimes important and meaningful things can be forgotten. Like perhaps not like a child for a vacation, but have you ever gone to like a Christmas party and realized you forgot a gift? Or showed up at a family thing and realized you're supposed to bring some food? Or just missed something meaningful that you're supposed to do in Christmas? I think that this is something that we can relate to. That when things get going, when things get moving, and when there is pressure and busyness and all of that, that it is easy to overlook or to misplace important things. And that's what I want to talk about today. Because I think in our current modern day kind of way of participating in Christmas, I think it's very easy for us to forget and to overlook and to actually miss out on some important Christmas realities that what I want to share with you really clearly today is that I believe that Christmas is all about joy. And I think that just like Kate forgetting Kevin, it is very easy and possible and maybe even probable for us to misplace and to overlook and to forget joy during Christmas. And so today I want to talk about how each and every one of us can receive joy and can share joy and how Christmas is all about joy. So today I want to talk a little bit about that. Because I think that kids get this idea that Christmas is about joy. But I think as we grow older, and as I said, as there are different pressures and busyness, that sometimes in the midst of the busyness of Christmas, joy can actually get forgotten or misplaced or left behind like Kevin. As I shared with you two weeks ago, the statistics show that actually there's a lot more conflict and drama and difficulty around Christmas. Add into that that many people feel financial stress and all sorts of things, and all of a sudden the joy that Christmas is supposed to be about can become misplaced. So as I said, today I want to talk about how each and every one of us can actually receive joy and how Christmas is about joy and how we can actually then become people who share joy with others. And to begin then, I want to share a little bit on the difference between joy and happiness. I want to talk a little bit about the difference between joy and happiness. Because joy and happiness are very, very different things actually. Happiness is really all about our circumstances going well. Happiness is something we feel when things are just kind of going in the right direction. Like perhaps if you're late for something and you hit all green lights, you can all of a sudden feel happy. Like if your World Cup team is winning, you can feel happy, right? If maybe you get a little Christmas bonus or a gift or something, you can feel happy. Happiness is actually when our circumstances kind of align with what we want. Happiness is about things going well, but joy is different. Joy isn't based on our circumstances, actually. Joy isn't based on what is happening to us, but actually something that is within us. Because this is just true, actually. That joy you can experience even in the worst and most difficult of circumstances. Joy you can experience even in really challenging moments and situations. Joy, to put it differently, isn't dependent on your circumstances or your situations. You can experience it at any given time. And this is important for us to realize, and this is good news, actually, that joy isn't dependent on our circumstances. We see this in the Bible in a number of different places, actually, how joy is different than happiness and isn't connected with our circumstances. So, for example, Paul says this in Philippians. He says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. And when Paul writes that verse in Philippians, do you know where he's writing from? He's actually writing from prison, actually, waiting to be executed. Not the best circumstances in the world. Yet he still says that you can experience joy even in challenging circumstances. Well, listen to the way that James puts it. He says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. 
Again, showing that joy in difficult circumstances aren't mutually exclusive. Or Jesus himself says this in John 17, when he's preparing the disciples for his leaving, for his death. He says, I've told you these things, really difficult things. He says that, so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. That what the Bible wants to speak of really clearly is that joy is deeper, better, and fuller than happiness. Happiness, as I said, is when things are going well. Joy is something deeper. That's actually about what is within us, not just what is happening to us. But before we continue, I also just want to clarify this with joy. That joy is never about actually denying some of the difficulty that we face. Joy never kind of represses or avoids or dismisses some of the real-life challenges we face. Instead, what joy does, though, joy never lets the difficulties and challenges we face have the full and final last word. Henry Nouwen puts it this way. He says, people who have come to know the joy of God do not deny the darkness, but they choose not to live in it. I think that this is good news for all of us. Because what it means is that whatever your circumstances might be, whether you are ready for Christmas or not, whether things are going well or not, that all of us can experience joy and receive it. Because joy isn't based on our circumstances. Instead, what the Bible wants to teach us is that joy is based on a person. And it's based on the person of Christ. So I want to talk a little bit today about how we can receive joy and about how Jesus brings joy. And to do that, I want to focus in on Luke 2. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to Luke 2. Understanding that joy isn't based on our circumstances, but instead not what's happening to us, but what's actually within us. So in Luke 2, Luke is really giving us the account of Jesus' birth. If you read the book of Luke, what you'll realize is that Luke is really trying to give an ordered and detailed account of Jesus' life. He's really clear, actually, in the very beginning of the book, that he's investigating things. He actually says this. He says, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I've decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. And so Luke is really investigating things. But here in Luke 2, what he is doing is he's arranging the details and the account of Jesus' birth in a specific way. He's actually contrasting Jesus with Caesar. Luke is giving a very political telling and reading of Jesus' birth. Matthew actually is doing something different. Matthew isn't contrasting Jesus with Caesar. Instead, Matthew, in his account, is actually contrasting Jesus with Moses. This is why the accounts are different if you read them. So here Luke is really telling us about how Jesus is the true king and the true Lord. And I want to read to you his account, and I want to notice a few things in it today. So you read this. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first uh, census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all returned to their ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was the descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who is now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloths and laid them in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And so here we read of Jesus' birth. We read of how he came to earth. And if you've been a part of church or just actually around culture, you might be very familiar with this story, actually. The problem with things that are familiar, actually, is that then we don't often really dive deeply into them. We don't think about them. We don't kind of wrestle with them. That because we think we know them, we actually stop paying attention to them. So I want to notice something in this passage. Because here, here I actually think we see the very first action of Jesus, the Son of God. I know many of us are accustomed, actually, to thinking of Jesus beginning his ministry at age 30 or 33, which is true. But it wasn't as if Jesus didn't do anything before that. And here when he is born, I actually think we see the very first action of Jesus Christ. And you might say, though, 
But Andrew, in that passage, I don't notice Jesus doing anything. And that's true. But it does tell us enough to actually make some pretty good educated guesses. Because the text tells us that Jesus was born as a baby, as a child, as a human being. And let's just remember that Luke wants us to take this as history. And so if it's true that Jesus was born as a full human being, which I obviously believe, then what is it that many children bring to their parents when they are born? What reaction do they cause? What emotion do they bring up? Do they not bring up joy and like love and wonder and all of that? And while I know that this isn't true in every situation, that postpartum depression is real and difficult, and not every birth and pregnancy is accompanied by joy, I also know that joy is a response that many, 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 many parents feel when they experience the reality of birth. That for me, seeing Hudson, Asher, and Eden born, I was filled with this almost inexplicable joy simply because they existed. And this is why I want to suggest to you that Jesus did for Mary and Joseph. That actually the very first act of Jesus was to bring joy to his parents. I mean, think about it. Think about what Mary and Joseph had just been through. Imagine that you were nine months pregnant, traveling down dirty back roads, wondering if A, you will ever make it to your destination, worrying that you might be attacked, worrying that you might be having this baby on the side of the road, and imagine the anxiety that Mary and Joseph were feeling just trying to find a space to stay. Add on top of that, that childbirth in the ancient day was incredibly dangerous in the ancient world. It wasn't a sure bet that both either a mother or the child would survive. So you could imagine then, after all of this, all this worry, all these ups and downs, all of this anxiety about what would be going on, that when Jesus is finally born, that one of the first reactions of Mary and Joseph would be, would be joy. Joy at seeing Jesus. Joy at seeing the Savior. Joy at seeing this Messiah who is born. And I actually don't think that this is a real stretch. Because this is actually what the text tells us that Jesus will do. That he will bring great joy to people. Let me read to you the next few verses. We read this, that that night while there were shepherds staying in their fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David, and you will find him uh, wrapped uh, snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. That when Jesus is born, what the angels proclaim is that with Jesus comes joy. That's what Christmas is all about. That with Jesus comes joy. It says, I bring you good news that will bring, what? Great joy to all people. Great joy to all people. That because Jesus has now arrived, there is great joy that is available to every single person. Because this is just true. That when you get connected to Jesus, you actually get connected to joy. That with him, he brings joy. With him, he causes joy. With him, he is a source of joy. Not only for Mary and Joseph, but according to the angels, to everyone. That this will bring good news of great joy to every single person. That what I want to remind us of is a simple and a true message that sometimes gets forgotten at Christmas. Kind of like Kate with Forgetting Heaven. I want to remind us that Christmas is about joy and that Jesus is about joy. And that when you get connected to Jesus, you can receive joy joy. And I think that this is really good news for everyone. Because I don't know about you, but I think that we could all deal with a little bit more joy in our lives. I don't think you can ever have like too much joy. And I think that this joy is available to each and every one of us. And as I said, this is good news. Because remember at the beginning where I shared that joy is not dependent on our circumstances. So today, if your circumstances are a little bit difficult, maybe you're feeling quite lonely, 
Maybe this is the first Christmas without a loved one and you're really, you know, noticing their loss. Maybe this Christmas is filled with financial stress or just some family drama or some difficulty or whatever it may be. That whether your circumstances are good or not, the truth of the scripture is that if we get connected to Jesus, we can experience joy that isn't dependent on our circumstances. I actually think we see this in the text as well. That if we were to talk to Mary and Joseph, I don't think they would say that their circumstances are great, actually. I don't think that they're in the best situation of the world. That yes, obviously, there is great joy with having Jesus with them. But if we look at it kind of like on paper, remember, what we learn from both Luke and from Matthew is that there are rumors and family kind of drama surrounding them. Herod's about to actually try to kill them. Remember, they live in the ancient world where things are not safe and secure. I don't think many of us would rather choose to live in that time than in ours. I don't think we would say that Mary and Joseph had the best circumstances in the world. And yet what is true for them is that they experience joy because of Jesus. And this is, as I said, good news for all of us. Because whether your life is going well or whether it's difficult, whether you're feeling hopeful or you're feeling unsure, that today, today there is a promise for each of us that all of us can experience joy, not based on what is happening to us, but based on the fact that Jesus is with us. This is really what the angels are announcing when they say that today, today, a Savior, yes, the Messiah of the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of claws, lying in a manger. And where they shout out, and I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. So today, what's my main point? It's really simple. It's that Christmas is about joy, and Jesus wants to give you his joy today. That when you get connected to Jesus, you actually get connected to joy. I think that's what the Christmas story is about. That's the reminder for us today. And this is something we are prone, I think, to overlook and forget in the busyness of Christmas. But today I want to remind you that regardless of whether, where you are at, that today you can experience the joy of Christmas, but especially the joy connected to Jesus Christ. So practically, what does this mean for us here today? Well, today I want to share with you how you can receive this joy. And then secondly, I want to challenge you really to be sharers of joy that in this Christmas season. That as we receive joy from Jesus, we should actually share joy with others. So first, how do you actually receive joy this Christmas? Well, there's lots you could probably say about receiving joy. You know, things like even practicing gratitude and gratitude journals and all sorts of things. But today, recognizing that it's like a week before Christmas. I don't know what your week looks like, but mine's going to be quite busy. Yours might be quite full as well. Today, I want to give you one simple step to actually take that will ensure that you actually receive joy, regardless of whatever you're going through. Today, I want to give you one simple thing. Not a lot of things to do, just one. And my simple step for you, if you want to receive joy today, is just this. Ask Jesus for joy, and he will give it to you. That's my step. That's it. Ask Jesus for joy, and he will give it to you. Pray to him for joy, and he will give it to you. Because this is actually something that Jesus actually promises and speaks. Did you know that? Yeah, Jesus actually says, if you reach out to him, he will give you, actually, abundant joy, overwhelming joy, like a never-ending supply of joy. Joy that isn't based on our circumstances, but joy that, like Paul and James says, you can experience in whatever you are facing. Listen to what Jesus says, actually. He says this in John. He says, I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name. Listen to what he says. And you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Those are the words of Jesus. This is the promise I want to give to you today. This is just what I want to share with you today, that ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. So today, if you want to experience more joy, in whatever circumstances you might be facing, whatever challenges you might be facing, 
the right step for us is to go to Jesus and to pray and to say, Dear Lord, dear Lord, would you fill me with your joy? You can even do that right now as we are just sharing and talking here together. You can be praying, God, God, would you fill me with joy? Jesus, would you let me receive your joy? Jesus, would you fill me with abundant, overflowing joy? I think that's the right step for each of us today, is to pray to Jesus and say, would you fill me with joy? Because this is actually what he wants to do. And remember, wherever Jesus goes, joy also follows. That's what we saw in Luke 2, that when Jesus arrives on the earth, joy is there and proclaimed to everyone. So how do we receive joy? We pray and we ask for it. And then what do we do once we receive it? I think we need to share it. I think we need to share it with those around us. I think that Christians should be the most joyful people on the planet. That's what I think. The joy is really connected to Jesus. And when you get connected to him, then you can actually be someone like him. And just as how when Jesus entered the world, he brought joy, when Christians enter into rooms, we should also be people who bring joy to those around us. So today I have a simple challenge for you. As you receive joy from Jesus, as you pray and reach out to him to receive it, I want to invite you to be someone who spreads joy this season. To be like the most joyful person in the room. To be the person who lasts longest. To be the person who really enters into the moment and is open and is gracious and is really loving and compassionate and kind. To be the kind of people that spread joy this Christmas. I think this is our calling as Christians. Sometimes though, sometimes if we can be honest in church, right? We can be honest in church. Sometimes Christians kind of mess this up a little bit. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but sometimes some Christians feel like we can almost have too much fun or too much joy, and that if you have too much fun, it might like lead to like sin or even like dancing or something like that. Like it's kind of funny actually that for some Christians, follow with me, that being joyous is actually not seen as a spiritual gift but a spiritual deficiency. But I want to be really, really clear that joy is holy and joy is Jesus-like, and if you want to follow Jesus, you need to be someone who spreads joy. Jesus is really clear with this, actually. In John 10, he says that he's come to give life abundant and joy. Right? In John 17, as we read, that he actually is somebody who fills you with joy. And did you know this? Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Also, did you know this? That what the kingdom of God is most likened to in the Gospels is a party, a celebration, a space where joy is. Or in John, the very first, the very first miracle of Jesus is to turn water into wine so celebrations and joy can continue happening. That joy is a Christian virtue that we are called to not only to receive, but also to share with those around us. Because this is just true, okay? Being stuffy and stiff is not a spiritual gift. It's actually a spiritual deficiency. That the people who are most like Jesus are the people who are actually able to receive joy and to share joy with those around them. And so that's my challenge for you this Christmas. Would you be someone who receives joy from Jesus, reaching out to him, knowing that it's connected to him and not your circumstances? And then would you be someone who shares joy with those around you? And then practically, how do we share joy? Well, today, today I thought about giving you like three steps to be someone who shares joy. But that honestly seemed a little, like not only lame, but like not joyous. But I think the real way that we learn to actually spread joy is to first receive it and to experience it. So today to close, I'm going to do something a bit different. I think that's okay. Today to close, I want to actually give you a moment to actually experience some joy yourself. That I think we learn to share joy by experiencing joy. So today, in what may be either the single best idea I've ever had at Bethany Community Church or the single worst idea that I've ever had at Bethany Community Church, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a moment for all of us to kind of laugh and to giggle and to just experience some joy today. Because what I want to do, what I want to do is to actually show you a montage of yes, of yes, Kevin McAllister defending his home for Home Alone that this is the movie for today, and I don't think it would be appropriate to not watch some of those moments, to almost to relive some of our childhood, to laugh together, and to just smile together, that as we receive joy, then we become people who can actually share it. 
So yes, today what we're going to do is watch a montage of Kevin McAllister defending his home because I think it's amazing. And honestly, honestly, if you don't love this, that's okay, right? Bah humbug to that. No, I'm just joking. Um, really, all I want to invite you into in this moment is just have a moment to smile and to laugh because I think that matters for us and that we need to learn to receive that so that then we can share that. So yes, we're going to watch Kevin McAllister defend his home and this is my kids' favorite movie and this is their favorite moment. Do you want to know what they do when they watch this? They howl so loudly and I think that's the right way for us to end the service together is actually receive some joy and to spread some joy. So let's watch those clips together. gonna hurt you. No, no. Be a good little fella now and open the door. Hello. Take your shoes off. Why the hell are you dressed like a chicken? You guys give up? Oh, you're thirsty for more. Oh. Ah! 
me, Marv. I'll get him for you. Doing, Marv? Don't. Marv, what are you doing? So, didn't that feel good? Joy does bring life, and it's good for us to enter into things. That's what we are called to do as followers of Christ. So today, what is my main point? It's that Christmas is about joy, and Jesus wants to give you his joy today. And then what's my challenge? It's to receive joy from Jesus. Would you pray to him? Would you ask Jesus, fill me with your joy? And then would you be someone who is joyful this Christmas? Spreading joy, sharing joy, being someone who actually gives joy to others. Because this, this is how we are called to follow in the footsteps of Christ. That when he showed up on the planet for the very first Christmas, it brought great joy. We are called to do the same thing. So might you receive joy from Jesus and might you share and spread joy this Christmas. Let's pray together. God, I'm so grateful for the fact that you did move into our world and you continue to move into our lives. I pray for each and every person who is watching this. I pray, God, would they experience your joy, joy that goes beyond their circumstances, joy that goes beyond whatever they are going through. Would there be a deep reservoir of joy in each and every person that guides them, that comes, that comes from you, that is connected to you? I pray, God, would you fill us with your joy this Christmas? I also pray, Lord, might we be people who share joy this year? May we be people who spread joy this year. Might you help us in our workplaces, in our families, in our friendships to be people who bring joy with us because we have first received it from you. And so I just pray this all in the wonderful name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.